in the first year, and I had a highly productive practice um, when I started. Um, we increased 34% year over year in the first year. That paid for my laser twice in, right. in one year. The second year, we increased 28% over the previous year. So, so it's 34% first year for us, 28% for the second year. And, and we did a great job tracking it. After that, I realized I don't need to track this anymore. <laughs> it's going to continue to work. <laughs> and I, I proved it. It was great. And, but that was, that was a big aha moment for me is to know I was increasing and paying for this laser over and over and over and over again. Welcome to the Advancing Dentistry Podcast. Join us for in-depth discussions from industry-leading dental experts speaking on hot topics in their specialties. Thank you for listening to our Advancing Dentistry podcast. This is Dr. Stephen John, your host for this presentation. Thank you for joining us. We have created quite a few Advancing Dentistry podcasts. If you have not listened to all of them by now, I strongly recommend that you do. We have had some extremely knowledgeable guests talk about some very hot topics in dentistry. I'm sure that our listeners that have listened to the podcast have detected a theme by now, the benefits of laser therapy in their dental practice. We have focused on patient benefits and clinical benefits to the practitioner. If you have not been, if you have not seen the benefits of the Epic and Water Laser Dentistry by now, you must be doing something else while listening to these podcasts, which most of us tend to do while listening to podcasts. I would think the question in most of our minds right now is, how can I incorporate the Epic or Waterlays in my practice? Or how can I afford to incorporate the Waterlays or Epic in my practice? I have to tell you, adding laser therapy in my practice has been the best decision, treatment, and financially that I've made in the last 36 years of practice. In fact, I have such an important part of my practice that I have purchased two Waterlays units and three Epic use, uh, units. With us today is Dr. Russ Morrow the Chief Dental Officer of BioLase, who will answer many questions that most of you have regarding incorporating laser dentistry in your practice. Dr. Moore received his DDS degree at New York University College of Dentistry. He is an Arizona State Dental Board member, a REB licensure board examiner, a BioLase clinical laser instructor, actively involved in the inner workings of Heartland Dental, and an active member of the Academy of Laser Dentistry. Welcome, Dr. Morrow, for joining us. Thank you very much. And um, boy, I'm going to be bombarding you with a ton of questions today. So thanks for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. So uh, so one of the advantages about having you uh, on this podcast is that a lot of the listeners honestly have had some questions. And we, I think that we've, as I said in our introduction, is we've already talked about the idea of the benefits of laser therapy, of having laser in the, in the practices. And I think that most people do see and understand that there is some sort of a benefit. But I think that, that even for myself, I was very reluctant to get involved with laser dentistry. It was such a new idea and concept. I didn't know if it ended up working for me and I was scared and nervous. So I'm hoping today we can kind of ease the mind of, uh, of our listeners, not only for the fact of what the actually laser can do and will do, but also, um, you know, invest in such a large investment. So my first question for you is, can any dentist, restorative, prosthodontist, perio, oral surgeon, endodontist, pediatric dentist, 
and even a holistic dentist benefit from adding laser therapy to the practice? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I had a little bit different laser journey than you might have is that I graduated from NYU in 2007, and, which means that I overpaid for my education. And, um, and uh, because, because I graduated, that was about the time when lasers were really starting to hit the market. I had the old laser that had the spool the, the, that you had to cut off and crimp and yeah. make sure that you had the right light. Um, so I've really known no different than having a laser in my practice, but I've watched the evolution of the, how the lasers distributed, um, throughout my career. And I, you've highlighted all these dentists that have specialties and so forth. I think what it comes down to for me is I, I'd like to consider myself a super GP, which does all of it. And there's no phase in my, in my dental career that I don't use the laser in, um, I wouldn't say I'm a holistic dentist, so I don't know all the ins and outs. I saw a holistic dentist the other day that had the, they called it the smart uh, amalgam excavator. They got, they're gowned up and they, they, they look like they're ready for, for, uh, you know, brain surgery. And, and that's awesome. Good for you. And I love that you have passion. Um, but in all phases, including the, the holistic side, what we're doing is we're being able to use this as a tool, a tool for every aspect of what we do, whether it be taking teeth out and decontaminating pockets for perio. Um, it could help for you know laying a flap for, for oral surgery and wisdom teeth and exposing sinuses, um, getting a site ready for implants. Um, with And then, of course, with pediatrics, if I was a pediatric dentist, I'd have very few, few, <laughs> few drills in my practice because... I, when I see kids, I don't use a, I don't use my drill. I use my laser because I can do it pain-free without an aesthetic and do many things that way. So um, it really does cover the gamut of everything we do in, in my practice. Uh, and in turn, what I do in my practice is a, sub, uh, a subset of everything that specialty does. So, so a lot of the times, like for instance, uh, I think that sometimes people think of the laser therapy <clears throat> as being a specialty type of a tool. But as what you have just said, is that the restorative doctor can do all these specialty procedures if you have the proper training. And the laser is a great tool to go ahead and utilize it. So ultimately, this is not a laser just for restorative doctors, for specialists. But each different um, component or aspect of dentistry can benefit with this with this laser. Is that correct? Yeah. And I like to call it a value-added procedure. There's a, there's a procedure that's associated with each one of those subspecialties that um, use the laser specifically to generate revenue. And I know we're going to talk about that a little later in terms of re revenue generators, but when it comes to perio, you're going to add perio repair to be able to help uh, eliminate the pockets that you, you can't attack with just SRP alone. Um, when you're talking, when you're talking, um, you know, restorative dentistry, you're talking doing gingivectomies or anterior crown lengthenings, certain things that you're adding into that. And then, of course, ortho, it uncovering teeth, attaching brackets, finishing with gingivectomies and so forth. So everything you're we're doing on here is a procedure that you can bill for um, that you may not have been doing without the laser. Or you might have been doing with a scalpel, which would be even more traumatic and have to wait because my, my time is the most important thing. Most expensive thing that I do is if I have to wait two weeks to let something heal and come back for an impression, I mean, that's, that's disastrous in my practice. 
Yeah. So, matter of fact, you're talking about the different types of things lasers can do with the different with the uh, techniques that we currently do. So, with that in mind, is that we talk about the laser therapy um, compared to our traditional dental techniques? Do you feel that the laser therapy, I guess, would say, is superior or more efficient than what we traditionally do in dentistry? Oh, it's far more efficient. Um, and you know, if if it was if you compare drilling a class two with a laser versus with a drill, you might be faster with a drill um, at first, but it, there's a learning curve that's associated, but there's a time thing, a time factor that's associated with healing. So if I'm uncovering an implant with a scalpel, I can't put that coping in and get the impression that day. Um, I have to wait. And, and the wait is not just, um, it probably takes me a lot less time to uncover with an implant, uh, uh, uncover an implant with a scalpel because it's a blade. It's fast. It's easy. It's done. It's 25 cents for the blade. And I take it, take me 30 seconds to pull it out of the thing and we're good to go. But with a laser, it's going to take us a little longer to set up, but I've now saved myself an entire hour of time next week or two weeks later. And so the time factor is not necessarily what's happening in my chair that second. It's not booking the appointment the following week. It's not making the patient come in, get off work, all the other stuff that goes along with it. Plus, I can do a, a crown prep in the middle there uh, that instead of instead of taking that impression next week or whatever it may be. So the ROI for, for lasers and time is not just the instantaneous time this takes. It's the time savings over over multiple appointments. So you actually brought up a very good point. Matter of fact, actually, uh, uh, there was a quick little story that I had I'm um, doing my training. <clears throat> I was doing a phrenectomy in the training and Dr. Lau had said, what do you think? And I told him, I said, oh, I would have had this thing done a lot faster and uh, using a scalpel in private practice. And he had said, okay, come Monday when you do a phrenectomy, I want you to call me and tell me what you think. And granted, the uh, the water ladies took longer to go ahead and do, but the follow-up, the afterwards, not having to suture, things of that sort, cut off time. So I think that a lot of times people, the argument of, I think what you're saying is certain parts of our procedures may take longer, but there's other parts that we don't have to do or cuts back time. Is that your, I mean, you find the same thing, right? Well, anytime I don't have to call a patient because they're calling me back in pain is worth time. <laughs> that, the worst thing, the worst feeling I get in my practice is when someone comes in with a post-it note with a phone number of a patient that I did something on to say they, they want to talk to just you. You're like, oh, no. But I know in, in laser <laughs> dentistry, those aren't the patients that call me. They're, they're, they're not the ones that have pain, post-operative pain. They're not the ones that uh, that are that are are troublesome. It's, it's when we're doing other things that cause trauma, inflammation, swelling, infection, all the other stuff that goes along with that. And those are legitimate calls, but... I mean, if I can eliminate that call by using a laser, that's that's gold. Oh, my gosh. That is so true. That's one of the things I have noticed that my post-op phone calls, traumas, problems have just almost gone away. It, it's great. Sure. It's wonderful. So <clears throat> here's another question. We get people to say, so if I buy a laser, I think it's more of a psychotic question I get. If I buy a laser, is it going to make me a better dentist? Now, it's interesting because I'm going to let you answer that because I, I definitely have a feeling and point on that. So if somebody was asked you, if I buy a laser, is it going to make me a better dentist? What would your answer be? Ask my lab tech. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. <laughs> I mean, anytime I haven't placed cords since dental school. Okay. But if I have to take a digital scan, uh, I have 
three iTero scanners in my practice. And we did we digitally scan everything. And my the, the calls that I get from the lab saying, hey, we need another impression is are the ones that I didn't use the, the laser to trough. Um, you know, I, I'm OCD about my about my impressions. One, I still use the millimeter and a half bite tab on every crown I use to make sure I get great clues of reduction. I don't break crowns because I use the millimeter and a half bite tab. That's the secret to dentistry right there. If you don't have them, go get those. Those are amazing because um, you can't tell reduction on number 15 <laughs> or whatever it is way back there. And, and I know I'm talking about periodontics, <laughs> but, but the, the number two is I have to see those margins. I have to be able to make sure that the margins are not only blood free, but I've been able to uh, eliminate some of that pseudo pocketing that I'm going to get create and some of the inflammation that's going to happen later on. Um, so uh, when you look at your crown prep on the big screen of a digital scanner, you can tell who's a laser dentist and who's not because the margins are so much better. We don't have to worry about tearing periodontal ligaments when we're packing cord down there. And then the hemostatic agents that you put on top of it and all the other stuff that goes along with it. I don't have the time to pack cord. That takes me more time than lasering by far. Um, but uh, but that that's where I find that it comes in. Now that's one. And the second aspect of that question is I'm able to control the entire case from beginning to end. I I told, called myself a super GP at the beginning. If I have a patient who's doing a full mouth reconstruction, part of that for me is sometimes being able to get the right gum heights symmetrical, get the right crown to uh, crown ratios in both length and width to get the golden proportions. And if I have to refer that to, all due respect to my periodontist right here, <laughs> if I have to refer that to my periodontist, I lose control. I lose the control of the vision and I know I'd be quarterbacking that scenario, but if I can keep it in my house, keep it in my hands, have the patient not want they don't want to go anywhere else. They'd rather stay one place, be able to do everything myself. I have better outcomes if I do that in cases where I know I'm trained and feel comfortable. Now there are certain times where I do refer out because some things I may do may be better done by a specialist, but I'm able to do a lot of those things due to training with the laser and putting different procedures in my hands because I put different lasers in my hands. And, then, and that's talking about specifically water lace, the hard soft tissue laser and stuff like that. The diode is great for, for again, we talk about per, we'll talk about perio and, and, and so forth and really getting impressions, but the water lace has opened doors that I never had before um, before I got mine. So a lot of the, like, for instance, in, in surgery, I think that uh, the answer to that for as a periodontist, <clears throat> and thank you for the restorative aspect of it. Like you said, I think taking the case from start to finish as much as you possibly can is you have more control over the case. And that's great, which means that, it, that normally if you were to refer out for surgical um, type of procedure, if you can do it relatively minor with the, uh, with the water lays, <clears throat> you have far more control over the case. For me, I think that the answer to that question for it would make me better a, a better dentist or better paradox is I'm a firm believer in if you can't see it, you can't treat it. And what I found is that if I'm doing surgery now, normally if I would cut it, degranulate it, I got a bleeding area, I can't see the root, I can't see the pocket. I'm constantly saying to my assistant, suction, 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 um, and or take a piece of gauze to dry it out. Whereas I have minimal bleeding, I can see it a lot better. So I do think that to a certain extent, while it does make you better dentist it does provide you as you said with more opportunities for 
doing doing the cases from start to finish and for me for better visualization to uh to get the uh, the job done more efficiently you know that's a, that's a great point too you know i ha- i had a, a root tip that broke the other day and i don't remember it was lower lower molar and it was sitting right by the inferior alveolar nerve and i thought to myself how am i going to go in and get this do i want to take my rotary and my 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 burr that's traveling at 200,000 RPMs and stick it down there, close my eyes and hope and pray that I'm not going to hit anything because one, it's under, it's under, it's under blood, it's underwater. And you got this big giant rotary instrument you're sticking in there. Or do I want to take my laser, separate the PDL, eliminate, create a baby trough and then flicked it right out. And I have the anxiety went down. I mean, the anxiety of being a dentist, it's hard. Being a dentist is hard anyway. But the anxiety of, am I going to hit the nerve or am I going to hit the sinus or all the other stuff that we're going to be doing, I have more control. I have better visualization, like you said, Dr. John. Um, but more importantly, it's it's the confidence that it gives me. So true. As a matter of fact, it's funny when I used to, I, I used to say dread biopsies. And again, just because of the fact of picking up the uh, the water lays, I love to do biopsies. So perfect scenario. And I'm going to kind of relate this scenario to the average. This may be a store doctor is not really <clears throat> that comfortable doing um, extractions, but they have to. Patient walks in, has a hot tooth, a lot of granulation tissue. The tooth has to come out. The restorative doctor doesn't have any choice. He's removing it. You know darn well that all that, re- all that granulation tissue is going to go ahead and start bleeding on you. Why now you have your water laser? Why are you going to be so much more confident in extracting that tooth? Well, you remember dental school is is part of, part of making sure you when you're tracking teeth, you get all that granulation tissue out, especially if you're going to put a bone graft in, and and then once you get that in there and you clean it out, um, first off, it's called the water laser for a reason. That laser is attracted to water, and in granulation tissue, you have more water, so it literally seeks out infection. As you go through, and we have these radial firing tips, meaning they they fire in 360 degrees, and you're able to go in and clean this, this socket out, get it all taken care of, and then you can see it because you've stopped the bleeding. Now we've got to go through and decorticate. We switch this, uh, the tip on the laser, and we switch the power, and now we can go ahead and create little shots in the bone where it's going to get the t- – pockets start bleeding. It's going to set you up for your beautiful same day implant or, or your graft procedure. Because before we wouldn't put an implant in there. We wouldn't put a bone graft because we had possibly infection material, granulation tissue that you may not have gotten at all. But now we know we're getting most, if not all of it, and it's penetrating deep inside the bone, not just to the surface area. So you know, so traditionally, the average extraction, and, and it's interesting because um, it was actually an oral surgeon that was using the water laser that turned me on to this, is that the tradition, we go in there with the granulation tissue and take a curette and curette it out. It is bleeding like a son of a gun. He can't see anything. And he says, just go ahead and take your tip, go around the, the rim of the bone of the, of the granulation tissue extraction site, kind of just loop it around. You can peel that granulation tissue off, bare minimal bleeding. And that was, again, the things we learned from our colleagues is was just invaluable. It was just fabulous. I, I learned that. And every time I do a training, first thing I say is, is no longer be afraid of an extraction or extraction site and bleeding. Uh, it's a great tool to have. Well, and I think we should put it out there, Dr. John, that you were one of my first trainers. <laughs> so I, I'm going to throw it out there that 
that I was expertly trained. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I, that was, gosh, what was that? 2018. Uh, that, that was, uh, but I had these wide eyes as a general dentist coming in and Dr. John's up there talking about this exact thing. So, so I, I have to throw that out to the, uh, the, uh, the listeners there, John. Hey, Dr. John. So, so to our listeners out there, by the way, Dr. Moore, I think has actually surpassed me in his clinical abilities with the water ladies at this point in time. <laughs> that leads us actually into the next, you ready? The next subject of conversation is the whole idea of the learning curve. Like you said, I was up there talking to you about what it can do and all the benefits, and and you're listening to me. Well, now you're actually the trainer. You actually are are now the guru that people want to learn from. And it really wasn't that long ago that you did all this. So, what is a learning curve? What? How quickly did it get you to that level that you are right now? You know, I I, I probably should give a little history on on where I came from and where I'm going. Um, so I, I work for Heartland Dental. If you don't know what Heartland is, uh, we've got 2,800 dentists nationwide. We're in 30, 42 states or something like that. Um, my job right before BioLays is I, I, uh, I, I was the uh, basically the it's called the regional doctor mentor of operation, but I was in charge of the West, I uh, the Southwest specifically, and I help doctors and new doctors be able to become make. My whole goal, I thought, was to make sure my new doctors don't suck. That was that was what I hoped. I hope my new doctors don't suck, and and then they become great over time. But out of the first two three years, especially through this COVID period, where there's they're not getting the education in the schools, they can't get the the patients in. They're just trying to get these dentists churned out through the dental schools. They needed groups like Heartland or other education to be able to fill in the voids. Well, that was that was my uh, that was my job before BioLays. Um, in addition to that, I was teaching a diode course and Heartland asked if I would trial the, the, uh, the water lace because I was a high level diode user. I used, like I said, used diode from day one as a dentist. And I jumped at that said, yeah, I'd love to be able to trial it. What do I do? And I, me and two other doctors went in and we put lasers in our practice for a couple of months to see if we could, one, generate an ROI, and two, if we could adopt to it well, if we can get our team trained. There's a lot of different things that went into that trial. Um, I'd like to talk about it a little later. But at that point, um, in the end, we proved that it would make us money and do great. And then Heartland said, well, we're not quite ready to go at that uh, at full bore into diodes we're gonna are the the laser yet we're gonna go ahead and return that and all three of the dentists who, who said that said nope you're not gonna do that you're gonna buy that laser and we did and we forced them to buy it and it ha- i haven't looked back so as far as the training aspects is one i went through a basic training just a, a training um with how to use it how to get those key value uh add procedures gingivectomies and troughing and and so forth. And then second for me, and I always say this is the key, especially if you're a general dentist, is to take an advanced perio class. If nothing else, to be able to learn how the laser interacts with tissue. That's that's the best part about the advanced laser class uh, in perio is you can understand how tissue works, the things you're looking for, Um, biologic width. That's a huge thing for my new dentist. They don't understand biologic width. I mean, you ask them today what the number is and how to probe to the bone, and, and they all have to sit there and think, oh, I don't know. And you're like, oh, my gosh. As a restorative dentist, this, scared, this kills me inside. But if you don't know your gums, you don't know your teeth. Um, so 
the advanced perio class was essential for me. And of course, some webinars, um, a lot of uh, stuff online through Facebook, water lace dentist. And, um, and if I had a question, one BioLace has an animation for every procedure there is, <laughs> it seems like the animations are amazing. What the purpose of the animation is, it gives you how to use the tip, what power the tip is, what direction the tip is even hitting, the things you should be looking for, um, all procedures step by step by step. So if you don't know, watch the, watch the animation and then do. But also there's a lot of stuff online, YouTube. I learned to take wisdom teeth out in YouTube when I was a, when I was a baby <laughs> dentist. <You know? laughs> and, I think and we all did. Necessity. It was out of necessity. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm a product of a YouTube dentistry. Uh, I've gotten pretty good through YouTube, but. So, so in the idea of like adding procedures that you utilize for the water lays, I mean, one of the things you had just mentioned is the fact that being this, this kind of senior person of this technology, you were in certain ways kind of required or needed to learn what the water lays can do or the different procedures can do. So you're, your idea of going forward, like learning how to utilize the water lays with an extraction was based upon, I need to learn this because I need to train other people. And actually, even for me, there's actually a procedures I've never done before. Uh, water lays can do it. And I thought, well, I'm a trainer, I better learn how to do it. And I went ahead and did it. And I didn't realize how actually simple and easy it was to go ahead and learn how to do. And once I did it, I go, why haven't I been doing this all along? And I'm sure you found the exact same thing. Procedures that normally you would not have utilized the water lease for, you start to use it and you go, holy cow, why, why have I taken this on to go ahead and learn this? So great question. So my my response to that was is is twofold. We talked about the education and the and the and the confidence and so forth. And and for me, my teaching and making sure my new dentists are great. But the other aspect of what I do, being on the Arizona Dental Board, is making sure my patients are safe. And I have a lot of dentists that freak out and they get so nervous. I'm going to take on this procedure or I'm going to take on this laser. I don't know how to use it. One of the biggest gripes about a laser is it takes a long time to use. Well, that's one of the best things about a laser too, is you can be very specific. You can interact with the tissue. The tissue doesn't cut like a scalpel. If I slip with a scalpel, we have a dental board complaint. If I slip with a laser, we nothing happens. I mean, it's it takes repeated motions over and over to get it to cut like a scalpel. So it may take me three seconds to make an incision or a flap with a scalpel. It may take me 30 seconds with a laser. That 30 seconds will give me time to make sure I get it precise and, and perfect. So I have a lot of dentists that get a little scared in my trainings when I when I teach them the laser. And I say, don't worry, there's nothing you can do intent uh, unintentionally that's going to hurt a patient so that's a big key is patient making sure patients are safe because if i can make patients safe i'm going to make the doc doctors confident if the doctor's confident they're going to be able to spread their wings and be able to start doing different procedures they weren't doing before and they slowly go into those procedures and they get more and more confident and then they realize oh my gosh i'm a really good dentist <laughs> and that's the that's the benefit is you start doing more procedures, start doing really good endo, make sure you don't get the 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 cases come back that need a retreat six months later because you missed something or you weren't able to clean it out or you, you're going to be able to you know eliminate some of those pockets that are nine eight nine millimeter pockets by you know on your own being able to use that laser, cutting back the extra tissue, sometimes putting grafts in or whatever it may be. 
but now we're talking advanced procedures. It didn't, I wasn't doing graphs on day one when I got the laser, but I started doing graphs in conjunction with the laser in certain areas. But again, it took one education. It took confidence to be able to do it. And it took a team on board to be able to help identify and preheat my patients to this laser dentistry. And that's a big key too, is, is getting the team on board. And I will tell you the success, most successful dentists have a dental assistant who kicked them in the butt to use their laser. That's the key. You get a good dental assistant that says, hey, doctor, can we do this with a laser? I have it out. That's the dental assistant. I mean, they're gold. Again, they are gold to have that type of dental assistant. So it's interesting. I never really quite thought about this in uh, in part of our discussion. So uh, as you mentioned, if you have a handpiece, you push on the, uh, the uh, foot pedal and it goes. With the laser, we have many different settings that you can use. You can utilize the slower setting if you have a procedure not as confident, you can use the higher setting uh, as what's needed by way with laser is. So you actually have a lot more control in utilizing the water laser or the laser therapy than you do with a handpiece, which is which is great, which is wonderful. So let's go on to uh, to another subject, which I actually I think that most of uh, the doctors who are interested now that we've gotten everybody out there and say, hey, I think I want to go ahead and make this purchase. But is it going to pay for itself? So can we kind of go over at this point in time? The idea to give that doctor who like to investigate to invest in this technology more confidence to know that they are making a good purchase. What what how can we assure them that <clears throat> they're gonna have that ROI, that they're gonna that they're gonna get a return on their investment, that they are not gonna just purchase this laser, it's gonna sit in the corner and do absolutely nothing. Can you kind of walk us through that? So I'm gonna change your verbiage on the question a little bit because. If you if you just pay for this laser, you're doing it wrong. I mean, if you buy this laser and just pay the monthly bill that's associated with it, you've done it wrong. Um, so it's how can I how can I utilize my laser to increase my ROI and to be able to make more money than I was making before? That's the key because if you like I said if you're at the same level you were at, you're losing. And so we've got to we've got to be much greater than the cost, the financial impact into that. That could all be associated with many things. It could be associated with time saved. It could be associated with teeth that you're able to save that you weren't able to save before. So I had a tooth that was fractured in the middle. It, it, it was a molar. And because it was fractured in the middle, I look at this and immediately before a laser dentist, I would be taking that tooth out. It's broken at the bone line. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful tooth, never been touched but it broke out the side toward the lingual. Well, I was able to do a crown lengthening on it. I didn't even need a root canal and I was able to save that tooth. I, my ROI here is either I was doing an extraction before for 250 bucks, or now I'm doing a six, $700 crown lengthening with a $1,200 root uh, a crown on it and a $250 buildup. The ROI on that is enormous. I mean, you have $1,300, $1,400 difference, $1,500 difference by keeping that tooth because of the tools that you have. So ROI can't be just be, I'm doing more phrenectomies. That's the dollar amount. It's the teeth that you're saving. The other thing is, every time I do Invisalign, I'm not just treatment planning Invisalign. I'm treatment planning two gingivectomies, one to three on both sides. I'm also treatment, if there's a diastema, I'm treatment planning a phrenectomy. So I've added my Invisalign cost is normally 5,500-ish. Now we're adding another 900 to $1,000 of dentistry because of the laser that's associated. So all these things add up. And again, 
everything I'd suggested there is not a want, but really a need. When you finish this, it's you're not selling treatment you don't need. You're selling treatment to be able to make sure the gums are perfect, get rid of that diastema. So you need to get rid of the frenum and all the tissue in the middle so you get closure. So you're able to do that. Whereas before, if you didn't have this tool, you're treating by your Invisalign. And then six months later, after you're done, that space opens and you're going, crap, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you're throwing yourself back in refinement again and doing all the other stuff. And you don't realize it's because of the tissue in the middle. So um, the, the ROI in and of itself is, is, is just going to increase. Now, here's the key to the ROI thing for Heartland. When we do the trial, we were tallying every procedure we did all the time saving that we had, all the teeth that we kept that we were unable to, to keep before, and we calculated the ROI that was associated. In the first year, and I had a highly productive practice um, when I started, um, we increased 34% year over year in the first year. That paid for my laser twice in, wow. in one year. The second year, we increased 28% over the previous year. So so it's 34% first year for us, 28% for the second year. And and we did a great job tracking it. After that, I realized I don't need to track this anymore. <laughs> it's going to continue to work. <laughs> and I, I proved it. It was great. And But that was, that was a big aha moment for me is to know I was increasing and paying for this laser over and over and over and over again. At that point, it allows me allowed me to. I I now have five hygienists. I now have three diode diodes in my practice to be able to supplement the perio. I have a water lace and I have a water lace express. So I have an I plus and an express. So I now was able to pay for additional lasers, therefore increasing my ROI further. And uh, and and we just opened a new practice about two and a half years ago for me. Um, that practice two and a half years. This last year we did. 2.9 million in our second year at this practice. And we are a laser practice. Um, a lot of that comes from five, five, five fantastic hygienists, but, uh, but they are all high volume, like high volume laser users. And they preheat my patients very well for laser every day, um, whether it be soft tissue or whether it be crown lengthenings, they know what I'm looking for. Um, I like to call it an anticipated treatment plan that they know what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do, and why I'm going to do it. And the consequences that are associated if I don't do that. So that my hygienists do most of the work. My exams are on average about seven minutes. So when I go in, especially with a new patient, if they preheated all that stuff, I take seven minutes, validate it, ask them, what what other questions do you have for me? Because I have the time. And that's a key, how I said that. What other questions do you have for me? Because I have the time. It shows, it tells the patient, Oh, he took time for me, even though I might have only spent seven minutes. But by that point, my hygienist has already asked all the questions and I don't have to be in there 20, 25, 30 minutes explaining it. So that's that's a little on the ROI. I kind of got it a, a little off topic there for a minute. But <laughs> so so actually, it's interesting. So having the laser up and op, up and available, you know, I mean, like you're saying, is that if you actually have the laser ready to go, you have a patient that's in the chair. You have a procedure that you go, I've got the time to go ahead and do this. And if it's up and ready to go, you can just go ahead and do it. So that's already added sure. income in there. Um, you know, I'm going to add to that really quickly here. Uh, last week, I had a, hyg- a hygienist who wanted to put sealants on a 13-year-old kid. 
Well, 13, we had the opiculums on the backs of those second molars. And I, and they said, hey, I'm going to put these six sealants on because they're going to do two premolars and the, and the four molars, but I can't get down to numbers 18 and 31. I have the laser already set up. I told the mom, mom is already good with us putting the sealants on and we've got, I gave her the cost of the opiculectomies. Do you mind just taking a second and doing, doing those two at that procedure? Oh, I mean, that, that hygienist got her gold star that day. She set it up. It was ready to go. I did nothing. I threw my glasses on because I used her diode for that. It was already ready to go. And she just did topical anesthetic, got rid of that. She put the six sealants on. Value add on that was huge to be able to add, add the hygienist uh, uh, to her her daily average and uh, be able to increase my you know dollars per hour on that one went up to like $1,000 an hour for the apiculectomies. It was nothing. It took me five minutes. You know, it's funny. I always talk to the the uh, whenever we do the trainings. I, we actually have a slide on the uh, the apiculectomies, and that that's one of the things I always say is perfect procedure for the restorative doctor. You know, the, I call it the uh, the uh, August mid August uh, uh, patient ready to go to college in September walks in, have their teeth cleaned right before they go, and they have decay or something on those occlusions of the second molars and that that tissue going over the surface. Quick, easy procedure to go ahead and get done, and it's just more like be prepared. You, you'll see things when you have your your water laser epic available. You're going to see things that the patient needs to have done that you can do right then and there. And it's such quick, easy procedures. And as you said, it generates income. Uh, you actually had just brought up a very good point, and I actually kind of wanted to go a little bit further with this patient acceptance. You already just said that you mentioned to the to the parent. You know, we can go ahead and do this right now. Would you like to go ahead and do this? They said, yes, I'd like to do it. So patient acceptance for procedures in general, particularly surgical, I have a view on this. What is your feelings, Ben? What, what have you found? Are patients more accepting, have more acceptable, or I don't want to try to say, are they more interested in having procedures done um, based upon the fact that you're utilizing laser versus traditional therapy? That's a great question. So I think that patient acceptance is multifaceted. All right, so we've got one. Here's the key to patient acceptance is the patient has to know you care about them. If they don't know you care about them, you might as not well per, uh, treat, treat and plan anything. They have to know you care. That's the key. Two, part of the showing you care is not just their interpersonal relationships that you have. It's that you've taken time to make sure your office is clean and that your patient, your staff is friendly and all those other things, because if you care about them, you're going to make sure that they're in a great environment. Three, I love technology. Technology surrounds my patients and everything from using a diagnodent on every new patient on every virgin tooth. Now a diagnodent, just for the listeners, it, what it does is it puts a laser energy into the tooth. It reads for any cavities that are on the occlusal surface of a virgin tooth, and it sends back a, a number which was associated with a cavity. If it's over a certain number, there's a cavity in there. So we're not sticking explorers and grooves anymore. We're being able to determine that. And technology is telling those patients, hey, you got an occlusal filling here. Now, if I have any number less than 30, my number's 30 on, on the diagnosis. A lot of people's number's 20. But any number less than 30 and more than like 10, that tooth's getting a sealant. I mean, my my hygienists are amazing with sealants. 
um, because we can prevent that. When you talk about going off to freshman year of college, we've heard of the freshman 15 when, when they go off and they start eating all the junk food. We call it the freshman three in my office that they come back with three cavities because they're eating all the junk food. <laughs> and, and so, so putting those sealants on, on those patients is really important. Then with a combination of using the new dental AI, um, uh, artificial intelligence, we have that in my practice. Um, uh, Gump company, I'm going to give a shout out because they're amazing. They're called Overjet. Look them up. They're great. Uh, in fact, uh, I was on the text message thread with, uh, with Chris Thompson today. Um, but Overjet's great. And what they do is it helps show the patient what AI sees as one missing bone, um, calculus that's subgingival, decay that's interproximal, a percentage of tooth that, uh, that's missing, whether it be because of amalgam filling or fillings in general or broken teeth. And it will say, this tooth needs a crown. So I'm taking the diagnosing out of my, my hands and I'm interpreting. And so when they start seeing all this technology that goes along with that, of course, with the digital scans for the iTero and be able to see occlusion, then we add in lasers. As soon as we add the lasers into all of this, patients are realizing, okay, this is just not the doctor's opinion. Now we're talking more science, they're talking reasons, and they're able to do this minimally invasive, less pain, quicker procedure, oftentimes without anesthetic, in, a, in an environment that's clean, safe, happy. That's where patient, uh, patient acceptance comes in. It's a combination of everything. So using a laser, yeah, it's great, but you have to make sure you're doing all those other things. Maybe not all of the technology, but being able to integrate that patient into the experience. And if they see that you care about what you do, on a daily basis, they're going to be more likely to care about what you do as well. Well, that's so true. Like you said, like the whole idea of the, it's a package deal, you know, patients now are looking for uh technologically advanced um, dentists. They're, uh, they're seeking that out. They're looking for offices that have all that technology behind them. Dr. Morrow, thank you very, very, very much for all your time. Uh, do you have anything else to add for us that we haven't, I haven't asked or haven't question, haven't covered that you would like to to add to our conversation? No, um, uh, I I just want to say and there's many laser choices out there, many different companies uh, and so forth. Um, the question always comes out to me: which laser to buy? And here's my suggestion for all dentists who don't have lasers: one. Explore all the options in terms of first, in my, my situation, I explored diodes. I made sure that I was able to see laser dentistry in action. The diodes will pay for themselves in the first couple of months if you get your hygienist working on them really, really well. We add a $200 or $65 per quadrant for every quadrant of SRP and then $65 for every full mouth if they don't need SRP and they have generalized inflammation. That in and of itself in the first couple of months, we'll pay for that laser. But more importantly, you'll start doing some surgical procedures. You'll start seeing things. You'll start seeing things as a laser dentist. So getting involved in lasers, even if it's just the smallest, start with a diode. Once you get it great with a diode, there's better lasers out there that's going to help increase your ability to be able to do different types of things. That's where you get into hard, soft issues. And now there's a bunch of different diodes, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little biased. Because I, I say repeatedly to my BioLay staff that we have the right team. We have the right education components to be able to teach this. And you can get that through our website at BioLays.com. 
actually it's education.biolace.com and uh, or biolace.com and then go to the education tabs. There's webinars, there's advanced trainings, whether it be perio or endo aesthetics, there's a general dentistry advanced training. So we have the right education. We have the right product because uh, physics is physics is physics. Energy doesn't change. Wavelengths don't change. So the way the lasers, I don't call them new technology. I call it advanced technology. But what it comes to with the laser is the delivery device. How can we get that energy from one point to the other in the area that we want to get? It? So we have the right delivery device to be able to do that. And if you go to something like ALD, the biggest the biggest arguments you will see them have is who has the best wavelengths and all these other things. I, Dr. John, you may know this better than me, and I'm still a baby dentist in terms of laser dentistry. But the more you learn about lasers, the weirder you get as a person. Have you noticed that? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very true. <laughs> there are some really brilliant minds out there that are there that, that, that you can tell they spend a lot of time studying. It's but so true. I believe that we have the right wavelength as well. We're called a water lace for a reason because we interact with water at the best wavelength there is. And everything we're interacting with has water, with the exception of enamel which has hydroxyapatite, and we interact at the hydroxyapatite wavelength as well. So my, my shout-out for BioLase is that we have the right team, right education, the right product or delivery device, and the right wavelength when it comes to the all-tissue laser. Um, now, there's certain types. Uh, I'm going to go to a quick story and feel free to you know uh, cut me off. I had a new dentist I was working with, and uh, she had been out of school six months, and I was taking lunch, and I was running away, and I got a phone call frantic phone call from her and she's going doctor i took out tooth number 19 and it's spurting blood and i'm like whatever 19 doesn't spurt blood <laughs> and she goes no it's spurting and i'm holding it down and, and i said don't worry i'm coming back and i i turned around i pulled in the parking spot i said just get the laser out i'll be there in a minute and so i casually walk in i go in and i take the gauze off and she was right she hit something and it was spurting and the diode is really great for hemoglobin as the right chromophore. You can also heat it up, and so we can do some cauterization. So she didn't understand chromophores. And so the right laser in that situation was a diode. And I went through, pulled the diode out, touched it in a couple of spots, spurting stopped, and we were done. But she went from anxiety at a 10, thinking she's ready to kill the patient and call 911, <laughs> to me touching it with a laser, and it's over. But I understood chromophores, and I had the right tools at, for that. So that kind of gives you an idea about wavelength and making sure you're interacting with the right tissue. You hit the nail on the head. Having the right wavelength and understanding the technology is pretty much, you know, the most important thing. So uh, buying a laser is a lot like buying an expensive car. And so ultimately, you're going to go to different dealerships to go ahead and buy in a car. So let's say if you're going to buy a specific brand, you go to the dealership. Everyone knows if you go to the first dealership, you're going to get the information, you go to the second dealership, and they're probably going to make the sale. Main thing is, is that when you go in and you're looking into different lasers and you look at the different laser companies, look at every single company and look and see what they end up having to have, what they provide. You want to look at the service. You want to look into to all the um, the different options that are, are out there. Um, ultimately, I think, Dr. Morrow, you and I both landed on BioLase because we felt that they were the best company to provide for what our needs are also. So um, I always do recommend that you go out there, you do your research that you want to do, and um, don't necessarily go for the uh, first uh, 
company you look at and don't go for the last. Make sure you go ahead and look at all the different companies and figure out what's going to be best for you. So hopefully uh, our listeners out there uh, will go ahead and land on uh, BioLage just like you and I have done and see the benefit of the company. Um, and again, thanks for being here and listening and, and helping to uh, with our podcast. Hey, honestly, uh, it's it's really cool to be uh, have this come full circle, uh, Dr. John, and and to be able to sit on this side of the, the table with you when you uh, taught me about six years ago. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and I guess I have to say this has been a huge pleasure. So thank you. So thank you, everyone, for joining us on our Advanced in Dentistry podcast. Again, we have some uh, great subjects in the future and hoping you guys will continue listening to us. So until then, cheers, everyone. Thank you. Dentistry Podcast. Opinions expressed are those of individual doctors and do not necessarily represent BioLace. Please refer to your individual state governing bodies for laws pertaining to laser usage. To learn more about WaterLace All Tissue and Epic Diode Laser Technology, visit BioLace.com forward slash podcast.